Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It goes down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh my word, sorry about that. I don't know what was going on there. I'm so sorry. That's all right. Oh, well, I need to turn my light on. Oh my god, I'm having an absolute mare of a day today. Why? Oh, right. You know, my dad's going to be disappointed to hear this, but uh, he's going to have to hear it. Sorry. Uh, so, I, uh, I basically, my old football boots broke um, and I bought a new pair of football boots uh, for a lot of money. How much? And. Oh, I don't. I don't know if I want to say on the pod. It's quite an embarrassing amount of money for a pair of football boots. I think I spent two hundred pounds on a pair of football boots. Is that how much they are? Is that an well, expensive? I'm, pair? I'm, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'm a bit of a freak. So I, if I see a pair of boots, I, I, it, I don't know. I sort of have to buy the best versions, so like the pro elite versions of these boots. Uh, I don't know why. I tell you so what, I'm, you've come into this podcast absolutely on fire, John. Right. By the way, <laughs> I. Just I had to, I've had to rush back from the uni league because uh, well obviously we're recording but I've rushed back sitting in the car and thinking oh my god I've absolutely just I've thrown away basically two hundred quid why because the boots are already bugged I bought them yesterday why are they buggered take them back yeah but they they I basically <laughs> this is the other story so the guy next to me at the till said the same thing yesterday oh I've worn them once and they're sort of like splitting for about another pair of football boots they're like oh if they're worn we can't return them what a shop. Uh, oh, do, do I want to expose them? No. Uh, ah, so I'll do it. What's uh, the make? Uh, Puma. Puma what? Uh, oh, I don't know. Puma Kings? Uh, <clears throat> no, 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 no. I'm, uh, they're ridiculously outrageous as well. Just type in pink and blue Puma boots. One's pink, one's blue. Um, it's mad. Back yeah. in my day, you would have got the shit ripped out of you for wearing pink and blue boots. Yeah, I played I played on... um. I played on sun, like in a Sunday league league yesterday, um, and I got kicked off the park. My so much so that my socks were ripped from like stud marks in my feet and stuff like that. Two hundred pounds, Puma Ultra Ultimate 
tricks FGAG football boots? Uh, so I've just uh, basically pissed my money down the drain. There. No, left boot is blue, right is red. Right boot, pink, yeah, yeah. Piss off! Well, we play in a pink kit at uni, so... Come I on! That looks I'm ludicrous. Sorry. I know, I'm sorry. No, not at all. Well, they don't look ludicrous anymore because I can't... But the front's already starting to... Oh, I'm, so, I'm actually... I don't know what to do. Right, I, I want to talk to, So today's guest is Alex Fisher, a professional footballer. <laughs> I'd love to know how much his boots are and what he thinks. Probably nothing. He probably gets them for free. Oh, yeah. Do they get given boots for free? Yeah. Oh, my God. Of course they do. And if they don't get them for free from someone, they'll know someone who does get them for free, so they'll get them for free. Can you introduce Alex Fisher to me? Because he played for Exeter before my... So Alex Fisher is probably, well, I know him as the loveliest man in football. He's so polite, so kind. Um, uh, good good player, obviously. He's played at a good level um, and just, he's, he's, he's lovely. I can't wait for you to meet him. He's so nice. Oh I genuinely God. can't explain. Oh, God. <laughs> but we, first of all, I want to talk to Alex about the boots. Yeah, because, okay. Because that is... Uh... Well, to be fair, you, you could bring up the boots to him because you, you, no, you, you can have a little laugh. Yeah, you bring up the boots. You could bring up the boots. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Very, very happy to be here. Oh, very happy to have you here. Right, Alex, we've got a little topic of discussion to start yeah, with. Yeah, we have. I bought a pair of football boots yesterday for £200. I spent a lot of money on these football boots. I've worn them twice, yesterday <laughs> and today. And right, I just already... saw a professional footballer roll his eyes. <laughs> don't uh, say they're already split yeah the front the front is oh. like coming off a little bit already yeah no i um actually I, I yeah i flat out disagree with with how much these boots cost nowadays um it's 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 a sh like, oh, don't get me wrong like the tech's pretty cool they're, sh they're they're a lot better material than they used to be they're a lot lighter they're a lot you know um but you know 230 quid for a that probably wouldn't even get you like the top top of the range either. No, no. That, so mine, mine were like the like the lowest of the best. So like you know they've got all the rankings. <laughs> yeah. They've got like they've got these. They're all on the shelf, and they're like mm. like the sort of ones that you get for your kids. Then like <laughs> ones a bit above. Then there's my level, and then there's two levels above that. And they were like, I was looking. Some of them were like 260, 270 quid. I'm thinking, what on earth? What do you mean you're thinking what on earth? You just paid some two hundred quid. You're not thinking yeah, what yeah. on earth well, that much. Right, obviously wrongly so well i play football right not as much as alex but i play football a lot like four or five times a week so i wanted something comfortable but mistakes have been made do you have to pay for your boots alex well when you're in the football league you get a voucher from the pfa right. um that's come down over the years it was usually about three or four hundred quid oh no four or five hundred quid i think um i think it's down to about 300 now but either way that used to get you like two or three good pairs of boots yeah um whereas now it gets you one top of the range and you, you might be able to get like some laces or like some extra studs or something, but you would never be able to get a second pair out of the voucher. How important uh, is the boot buying uh, situation at, um, at a club? In terms of like, I'm not that particular with what I actually wear myself. Um, the one thing I would say though, is that the latest, all these pairs of boots now that come out don't have like metal studs. Um, so you have to get like ones that have like the plastic bottom and I uh, I prefer to play with metals. I feel like there's a lot more grip. So 
not only do you now have to buy all the well, one the selections a lot less when you want to use metal studs um but if you find a color and ones you like that don't have metals you can get them uh, fitted uh you send them off to this company uh they shave off the plastic of the stud and insert um some screws and you, you put the metal ones in so if you find a nice pair of boots for like 230 quid and you want to change them into malt, uh, into metals you still got like another 40 50 quid on top of that um so i try and like narrow my boot searches down to just the two or three basic things i like and you're often left with not much what boots um, do you wear please <laughs> i was wearing i used to tend to wear anything that's kind of white i quite like white i sometimes when i look down and i see sort of like black boots i feel ever so slightly less coordinated i think it's just a mental thing um i feel sharper in in uh in, in whiter boots um but i've to be honest i chop and change Do you? um yeah the latest boots i was wearing were um they're called uh mercurial vapors um they sound a lot better than i could probably give them credit for when you see me in them <laughs> when 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 um you're at a team and people you're getting new boots at the start of season i guess are you having a look at everyone else's all oh, right he's got those is he i th well yeah i've i've because i often favor the cheaper boot i'm often the brunt of quite a few jokes uh certainly when i was at exeter um <laughs> i'd come in with a few it's called schneids they call them schneids i don't know where the term comes from but if you buy a top of the range boot that's great if it's not top of the range it's considered a schneid and I've been known to dabble in a few schneids. Um, I have, I've got respect for you for dabbling in the schneids. Oh, well, thanks very much. Yeah, I, I wish the team did as well. Yeah. <laughs> I used to wear Adidas World Cups. Oh, my God. Yeah, that classic. screams a bit of you, that. That's a real classic. Well, as in classic, no messing. As in that's a classic boot. No that's messing. It's, yeah, yeah, that's... I feel like when I played, white boots were just creeping in. And so if someone wore white boots, you'd go fuck are you wearing and then <laughs> yeah, over well, the next 15 20 years like oh right no one wears black boots well you're not going to like mine alex because mine that i've just bought for 200 quid so uh that one of them is pink and one of them is blue puma boots do yeah. they go with the kit yeah i've got we wear pink we wear we play in pink so surely you just want pinkies all pink <laughs> Yeah, well, I thought when I, when I picked the boots up, they, they only have the pink one on display, so I thought both would be pink, and then the guy gave me the box, and no. one was blue, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, all right, I, kinda, I can get behind that. Fair, fair enough, yeah. By the way, David, I, I agree um, in terms of when I was coming up through the, through, the, through the ranks, if you wore anything other than jet black boots... Yeah. It was it was sacrilege. Like you, that was it. Like you couldn't. You had to be like an absolute player to wear anything that wasn't black. Yeah, you. Um, yeah, you, it's so true. And even like yeah. Puma Kings, I think the tongue was white. Quite, and even that was like whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, at Exit City, if you're in the academy, you have to wear like ninety percent black boots, don't you? I think there's there's a rule. Yeah, I don't actually mind that. I think it kind of yeah. it, it instills like a I don't know. Like, you don't get. You, you kind of get pushed away that kind of big time mentality a little bit, good roots, mm -hmm. things like that. And I, I liked white boots um, because you couldn't kind of have them when I was younger and then they become the norm. And now actually I'd say to wear black boots, you've got to be the new white boot. It's like, they're, Oh God, he's got black boots. He's all right. him. he can wow, so it's <laughs> going funny. backwards in time. Yeah. 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 I guess like a, like a fashion trend almost, but so um, no, I totally agree with you, David. It's, it's, it, they, they sort of, it was always black. And then, uh, yeah. Can you tell, Alex, if it, like before you've even played, it, like you're lining up there, <clears throat> they've got their 11 on one side, your 11 on your side. 
Can you tell just by looking at someone's boots or the way they're like present themselves on the football pitch? Oh, he's going to be a player. Uh, yes and no. Um, mm, I guess lovely. maybe in the lower leagues, you know that unless it's someone that's got a standout reputation, you're probably playing there. Not necessarily for a reason, but like it's you, you can't be all that amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's interesting. But certainly, like it's. Um, but if you see someone like a. Uh, if I see someone, for example, when it's not that cold out, wearing a short sleeve shirt with gloves yeah. and colourful boots, I'll go, right, they're, they're probably having themselves a bit. Well, I was looking at Martial on Sunday wearing his black gloves. I was like, like, why is he wearing them? Tell you what is all the fashion now with uh, with footballers as well, is those, are, and I don't know why I'm saying it as I've got a pair, or I've got loads of pairs, but the, you know those gain the edge grip socks? What? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I've got, do you want me to show you? <laughs> uh, I've got, I'm, I'm literally wearing them right the now. Lube, so I'll try to put them on, on screen. Uh, oh God, I don't know. Are they like the little rubber? Oh, here we go. Yeah, like these. Yeah. So they're like grip, you grip to like the inside of your boot. It's all like, it's all a load of crap really, isn't it? But um, I've, I've worn the same to be fair. Um, I, uh, Do you think they help? Do they think they enhance performance? Like they say um, they should? I, <laughs> well, going back to the boot buying, um, I bought a pair of boots that were just slightly too big, and because I couldn't be asked to send them back and have the postage and packaging in between, I just stuck with a, a half size too big, and I wore that we called them True Socks. I think it's the company we've used, um, and that extra grip helped rather than wearing two pairs of socks. Uh, the rigmarole oh. to send things back and forth is just not worth the hassle. So um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I have been known to wear them, but I'm not. I'm not necessarily like consistent with it. Alex, can I ask a question? I ask all professional footballers because I feel like I've never received the answer I need. <laughs> how good were you at school? Like, how good do you have to be to be a professional footballer? I mean, this isn't necessarily specific to me, but I've had a chat about this with people when you're growing up. Like, when you look back at when you're growing up. And I guess people can develop at all different ages, but you tend to be probably one of the better players in your age group across your county, I'd say. Really? Um, county! To, to, be, to be, not necessarily myself, I think I've lucked my way through the system. No, you <laughs> haven't. I'm not having that. I don't want uh, that. I want you to be... I, um, I think, yeah, to, to, to stay in the game past probably 23 or 24, um, you, you look back and you think, well, there's not too many people at that age that were... That you grew up with that are still playing perhaps you get the odd age group i think exit is actually one of the most the biggest anomalies i've seen where when i was at the club you had a group of four well five or six lads that are still there now but i was like wow you might only get one player that makes it from the academy that consistently plays in the first team but you've got like five or six from the same youth team that are still playing every week at X like that that's quite rare and uh, at the moment really even rare. now like through the age groups every year we're signing six or seven on from the academy and that, and they're not doing that because they have to they're doing that because they're good enough you know and it's, it, you're right it is an anomaly well i said that when i signed there i said six it was matty taylor that signed me um and i knew that uh it was a big part of the ethos of the club and i said i wanted to be a, try and be a part of that if i could like i wanted to try and obviously better my career and have success with the club but I really wanted to be part of maybe trying to share what little bit of the knowledge I might have in the game with some of the younger boys and not see me as comp- well see me as competition for for the benefit of their development but not necessarily stopping them getting into the first team and I think that kind of resonated with with him and and what they wanted because that's a big part of the club is getting players to make that transition and then either keep them and do really well in the leagues or go up like you have, or you sell them on for a profit. And then you get the, 
you know the facilities that they now have at the at cliff hill which are you know you, you you need that level of player to move on to get that kind of financing um i think it's a really really good structure they've got so, so what what county did you grow up in um right well this is the uh, this is, i was uh oxford Vale of the white horse it was called so um, but i never actually played for the county <laughs> oh so i was going to say yeah. when you were 14 15 would there be uh-huh. would would there have been chat going, you want to watch this uh, Alex Fisher's guy? <laughs> well, you, you uh, must have been that good. Um, I, I, I don't really know. When it was about 12 or 13, you had to commit to Oxford United. You couldn't do anything outside of it. So you couldn't actually play for the county. Um, and can you believe, actually, there was, there was a couple of lads in my uh, age group that we all got into the first team, which we were like, over the moon about it's why i have these shirts that my first year my first shirt my proudest shirts um to make your first you know debut for your home club um and um me and a couple of the others all got let go one season how old still how old were you we were 19 so we had th- i was in the first team from 16 to 19 um and then myself a guy called james clark and a, a lad called matty taylor both play in the football league still uh both prolific in, in their own rights um so it shows you that you can kind of be there or thereabouts, make the greys, then be told you're not going to get, you know, that's it. And to be honest, when you're that age and football was how it was back then, it's not like you've got agents like you do now or second chances or Y scout or videos for us to kind of find our way back into the game. I think it's quite a cool story. It's not the sort of thing that people would read about or hear about because it's not volunteered very often, but um, no, it's, it was, I'd say on the whole, um, that might happen to loads of players that could have made it and probably should have made it, um, but didn't. But I think persistence and a, and a good attitude gets you a, a really long way if you really stick at it. But for the school team, were you Alex Fisher and all the, I said it before, <laughs> all the girls were looking at you going, this Alex Fisher. Uh, um, I guess, yeah. When I was, Why when are I was you? Like, you were the star of the school team. Well, I was, I managed to get into like the, the under 18 team at, at 13 um, when what? I was at school. Um, see that's how good you got thank you you've answered my but I did have my brother in that team who was three or three or four years older than me um maybe helping pave the way a little bit but um you still had to I suppose score the goals or or keep up you must have been he's probably a big lad though at 13 like in comparison I I still am a bit of a lanky streak of actually so um yeah I was I kind of was a bit um i was i was always a winger i was always small uh, quite small and nippy and then i just grew to like a beanpole over like a summer and a half um and i went from being a basically a winger and i stayed there quite a while and then only went up front kind of when i was about 24 25 properly um just because i was reasonably good in the air and i had a bit of spring and um and you, no, you, you, like, you knew as soon as you kicked a ball, ball around when you were six seven eight you were like oh this is quite easy um it came very naturally yeah but i actually credit my brother with a lot of um my my success because he was older i played with him and his friends which meant i was always playing against people that were like three years older than me um and then when i played in my own age group at school level and at that kind of it was it was always a little bit easier and perhaps that made me stand out a little bit and um you know you I, as a kid you always dream of being a football and for me when i grew up in, in oxford and playing for oxford it was like just getting on the bench or just training with the first team i was like i've made it like this is this is incredible so to be fortunate enough to be sort of you know 12 13 14 years on and still playing is um yeah is is a real honor to be honest 
So you're still enjoying being a professional uh, footballer? I love it. I love it. The only downside, as you may or may not have seen, was a recent injury I well, sustained. I really want to talk to you about it. Are you happy to talk about that? Yeah, or? yeah, for sure. For oh, sure. Right. I'm happy to, yeah. If, if I can move myself around my chair, I'll show you the piece of kit I've got on my leg. Shit. So for the listeners, you, you were playing, was it about six weeks ago? Uh, yeah, three, three, about four, yeah, less than that. Actually, about four weeks ago, three, four weeks ago. And did you break your ankle? It was a uh, a tib fib break, um, so, double leg break. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so we we're playing South End. It was on BT Sport, uh, coming on at half time, and I thought, oh, you know, good shot window. You always, you always, you know, the TV games are always the. So you embarrassed yourself. Uh, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it saved me from scoring an own goal later in the game, yeah. I guess. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. No, I came on. It was only five minutes later that it happened. So I was oh. like, well, on you go, off you go. <laughs> so, um, what do you, can you take us through like every second of like going oh. for the challenge or, you know, and God. Well, this is the only time I'd say I wish I didn't have metal studs because it was the studs that locked. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. I th- well, I think anyway. So it rained on the Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, like no tomorrow. Like it was just pouring. So I thought the game might've been called off and I thought, well, so I bought a new set of studs, just the you know, studs that come in a tube, not a new set of boots. Took my old ones off before the game, put my, screwed the new ones in. Cause I thought I don't want to slip on the telly in case, you know, you go one-on-one and at the time it would have been a big game if we won points wise in the context of our season. I wouldn't want to have that resting on my shoulders that, ah, oh, I could have, provided a point a moment where we got a huge three points and slipped um so probably the grippiest studs you could get um and i flicked a ball on on the edge of the box that's kind of bounced between me and the keeper and as i've kind of landed to run towards it i thought i'm going to get there with about a couple yards before i realized i wasn't so i went to kind of pull out because you know when a keeper gets and they sort of catch it and like jump onto the floor um happens hundreds of times in, in my career where we hit each other I kind of cartwheel over the guy and you get up and you just play on um and just as I went to jump over him uh his momentum went into my shin uh so my stand it had all my weight on it um and if yeah I I don't want to sound too dramatic <laughs> um, but it sounds exactly like a shin pad would sound if you snapped it uh the noise so I immediately heard the noise and didn't feel anything but i went over in the air and i thought oh i'll try and i went to feel my legs and hope it was the shin pad and i kind of felt where my foot should have been like underneath my tib and fib um and then kind of didn't register that i kind of looked at it i don't know if you like your home alone or not but there's a scene where i think um Kevin McAllister puts a tarantula on Marv and he kind of registers and then just screams. I kind of registered. And to be honest, there's no, no hiding. I just, I just screamed. Did I you like, really? Is that what? Yeah. In, it was more, it was in pain. It's then I suddenly realized what had happened. It's like almost shock for the first five or six seconds. But what really surprised me was if you, the amount of things that went through my mind between when I look back, it would have been half a second probably of time. It was like thought processes that take like minutes just went through. I was like, right, I know this is going to be six months injury. I know that we, you know, I'm, I'm not going to play again this season. I know, I know my parents are watching on tell, you know, it's, I don't want them to think bad about me. I know my missus, my wife's watching like, you know, it's, um, by the way, <laughs> when I say missus, wife, 
my wife. I don't have a missus and a wife. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just for clarification. Um, yeah. Um, who, by the way, has been unbelievable, you know, waited on me hand and foot since, because I've not been very mobile for a while. Um, so, yeah, I uh, was on the on the deck and... So, no... Did you have pain at this point? Or was it yeah, just... it really, it really came through. Um, what? What does put... it feel like? Yeah, what does, what does it feel it's... like? Oh, it's hard. It's is it sharp or is it? It's really sharp. It's really sharp. So I kind oh, of held my foot. Hell. I kind of held my foot up as as much as I could, so it wasn't loose because I didn't have the. I was kind of lying in the air, a bit like a, I guess like a beetle on its back with its kind of leg. I didn't want it to hit the floor. I don't. I just. I just held my foot up. So what did your leg look like? Is, like? is it all like floppy? Uh, it was. Yeah. Oh. God. Sorry, oh I, I'm being. I'm probably being dumb, but whereabouts? If that's your leg, your foot, your leg, where was the where was the break? So yeah, if this was the ankle and that was the knee, I was about just about here. Um, it just went clean through. Yeah, clean through. Um, it was just kind of the, the skin, kind of keeping it all to, all together. Again, it sounds dramatic. I hope it does. It does I don't mean to, but it was. Um, no, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think you're being dramatic. I yeah. think this is oh, pretty come serious. On, Alex. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, I'll get out. <laughs> it's, um, no, it really, it, it, and then it was, so if I was dead still, weirdly enough, it wasn't too bad. But the pain but wasn't. Soon, it wasn't, it would just, it, but as soon as you moved it and the dot came on and had to put it in a splint, um, that was, that was agony. Uh, uh, do you know, the, can you tell by like the doc's face? I was going to say, oh, God. yeah. This is the funny thing, right? So the boys, when I was kind of registering, I knew what was going on. Everyone was over. And then obviously people realize it's not just a small injury. It's obviously going to be a big one. Um, I saw a few of the guys come over and they looked me in the eye, like, like sort of into the camera and they sort of go, you'll be all right, mate. <laughs> and I'm like, don't worry. I, I, I know what's happened. I, I, know, I'm, I know. Are you talking at this point? Are you talking? Yeah, to them, I was, I was, I was okay. Like it was and a credit to the doc as well. Um, he did a fantastic job in, in like stabilizing it. Once it was in the splint, um, it was fine. Getting onto the stretcher was a bit of a beast because people hold at different weights. So like the people holding behind me don't hold at the same pressure as someone on my leg, for example, um how long and, between uh, you uh, laying on the pitch to sort of being on the stretcher how long did all that take and for, for also how long did it take for someone to actually get to you and so because it didn't look like a bad tackle at the time it was completely innocuous it took probably about 10 seconds to realize i was actually injured injured um then it was probably about five or six minutes to get me off the field um and then are you uh, feeling faint or I got given a nice bit of gas and air, which certainly spruced me up a little bit. I was uh, thrown up, passed out the lot. I, would, uh, I can all. Oh. Well, when you're saying it like this, I'm starting to feel maybe I took it like a man. But yeah, you did. It sounds like you did. I don't think I did at the time because I was genuinely like. Um, were you yeah, scre- was, sorry? I keep thinking. Were you screaming no, no, like no. non-stop, or was it just for the, the first, initial? I'd say for the first mm, thirty seconds, it was like it was like I couldn't control my reaction because um, you were near the crowd as well weren't you so they would have yeah. seen or heard it and um yeah i think so i think um so some you of the traumatized people, a lot of people that day yeah i, I think so hopefully <laughs> <laughs> well. i don't know i don't know if you remember alex there was a player that played for city called uh robbie simpson i don't know if you crossed paths at the same time um but he, uh, no. had, he had a, he had a really similar injury by where name. it was innocuous by, by name, by name. Like at the back post or big like bad leg break, and that's the first one I really ever saw in person. Oh, did you and see? I remember, it? Think, oh, really? and I remember thinking, "Oh, don't 
like he's like and like Alex said, it, you could hear the scream. Everything went quiet, and you could just hear the scream. The um, yeah, the uh, I guess um, it was yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, I was going to say so. Yeah, so uh, I don't think Yeovil pay for an ambulance service present at the games. So I was in the um, physio room for about three and a half hours waiting for an ambulance to turn what? up. So that's what I was going to ask when, like, when this sort of injury happens and the play gets taken off and away as a as like a spectator you're like oh god that was terrible right on with the match do you know what i mean it's sort of forgotten what happens then once you go um i think what well, i've been on i've witnessed not one of these but i've witnessed bad injuries you know it's a cruciate you know it's bad yeah. and if i was still playing on it does affect me i'm a bit like right i'm not, i'm not going into another tackle that you know or hey guys let's just let's try and get a win if we can, but let, I don't know if I can, re- I, you have like, it's like, a, it takes you back a little bit. I think, um, I think you've got to be made of some pretty stone stuff. If you can witness that and then go flying into maybe in the next 10 minutes, once you've survived a tackle or two and you go, right, that's past me. Um, but for the first few minutes, yeah, I've, I've been around a couple of bad injuries where I've gone, Oh geez, that that's really hit deep because you know, you might know that guy's out of contract in the summer and he's going to struggle. You know, you might know that, um you know it could be his last game or something i mean i i when i saw the state of my foot i couldn't feel my toes for a while so i was worried i'd had like nerve damage um which was really unnerving me because i thought well i don't want to lose my foot <laughs> not that that was ever going to be a thing but at the time you, you do the worst case scenario and um i said to myself when i was the ambulance was here and i was getting wheeled out um i said right i'm going to close my eyes until i'm in the ambulance because if that was my last game I don't want to have my last memory of looking down the corridors and the ceiling and going, ah, oh, what a horrible way to finish. So they gave me one little shot of morphine, bit of gas and air. I closed my eyes and the morphine made me feel like we were being, I was being moved. So I was like, well, I must be on the ambulance by now. And when I opened my eyes, I was right down the middle of the tunnel. And I was like, ah, oh, it's one thing I didn't want to see. <laughs> I have a really strong memory of just seeing like the, the ceiling and like, I was like, ah, oh. So I thought it was quite funny. So you, so you were in the changing rooms for three and a half hours, were you? Not changing rooms, but where? Uh, it's about three hours. Yeah, I think I didn't Doing get what? What happened then? Well, to be fair, the lads were top. Like everyone, a few of the boys stayed back. Everyone checked in with me. Um, well, sorry, were you in the changing rooms? Uh, so it? I was in the physio room, physio which is right, right. Opposite our, yeah, right opposite our. Um, and I was on the the bed at the time, our physio bed. Feeling what? Pain. Uh, yeah, so I was looking at my the splint, and as much as they straighten out as you can, you could see it was off at an angle, which was. But because I was under painkillers and gas and air and stuff, I was either going, oh, and then your your, your muscles twitch as well. So I was under, I was spasming, so you can't help but have like waves of pain, interspersed with trying to crack a joke because you're on. You know, I was joking, oh, don't worry, lads, uh, Rick will have me on the Bosu ball next week or something stupid, you know, like, yeah. you know, ha, ha, ha. Um, sounds a lot funnier when you say it under the influence of <laughs> a drug or two. Um, but, you know, like that kind of thing. And the next thing you'll be, yeah, someone, the one thing I was paranoid was, you know, when people say, oh, see you later, mate, and they pat you on the back. I was like, I was paranoid. So I was like, see you later, mate, and just pat the leg. And I'll be like, oh. <laughs> um, but no, I went, so I went to the hospital. Uh, I was in hospital for a week. So I keep, is it all right? Just, I keep thinking of like when you're lying there, mm-hmm. are you still thinking, is this career ending or have you? Is- well, given my age being, I'll be 33 in a month or two. I do have another year in my contract, which is great. Um, but it is, football's quite hard after 30 to stay in the game. I think you just get tarnished with the over the hill brush. 
unless you've got a really, really strong record behind you. And I've had my fair share of injuries. I've had my ups and downs. Um, I like to think I've had a career I'm so proud of. Like, I'm just so grateful to have played a professional game of football, let alone still be kind of playing now. Um, so I never take it for granted. Um, but I was a moment where I thought, oh, was that, was that my last one? Can you come back from this one? Is it? I, I generally thought as long as I can walk properly for the rest of my life, I'll be happy. And then you get reassured at the hospital. They're like, oh, don't worry about that. We see these all the time, you know, that kind of thing. And you're like, oh, well, that's reassuring. But then they don't necessarily come back to professional sport. So they don't need to have the right, the you know, perfect operation or the perfect rehab um, or what, what have you. So, um, yeah, it goes through your mind, like the what ifs. I think what I was worried about the most is because I've had a couple of so long-term injuries, I know, I knew psychologically straight away. What, what, what have you had before? Um I've had a, I've broken my jaw, which was an operation. That was about four months. Um, I've broken my shoulder, which is about three months. I've had, Playing football? Yeah, I went up for a header. We played Tranmere away when I was at Mansfield. I flicked a ball on and the guys knocked me out on the back of my head. And as I've landed, knocked out, I've landed on my shoulder and dislocated my shoulder. And um, So when people say football is a fan, I'm a bit like, well... I know my gate might not be the most aggressive in the world, but I'm like, I ain't half gone through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the most unlucky one I've had was uh, someone landed awkwardly on my foot and they managed to take um, a small bit of tissue off the bone that holds my your perineal tendons around your ankles, like in, in, in place. And the surgeon said, it's, he said, I've never, op I've operated on this quite a bit, but I've never operated from impact. It's always if you twist your ankle. And I was like, oh, what are the chances of that? But that was like three, four months. Um, well, longer than that, that was six months. Um, so when you are out for six months, like, how are you feeling about? Over the years, a lot better with it. Um, I think if you ask my wife, she will, she'd say that I've got better over, with everything to do with football it's not it didn't consume doesn't consume my life as much as it used to but not because i don't care i've just got better at dealing with the downsides and not getting too low when it's bad and too high when it's good um so yeah i uh i think the main thing with this one was i just wanted to let the people that i know that were watching that i'm in a good place mentally i'm not i'm gutted obviously but i'm not like oh geez this is you know what am i going to do in panicky i was just like i kind of came to terms with it almost immediately and i'm kind of i said to my parents the other day because that's where i am now because uh, can you believe i completed on our me and my wife we were moving house the weekend this happened so we haven't been able to move into the house properly um mm. so i'm staying with my parents at the moment um and i said to them i'm waiting for the moment that it's going to sink in and i'm going to be a bit like oh like poor me um but it, i've not really had it so I like to think I've kind of gone through the worst of it. And um, the only time I really faulted was <clears throat> when I woke up from the operation, I realised... Well, so when was the operation? You, so you got to hospital. When did they operate? Weren't you, at hospital, weren't you still in, like, your, your, your kit? <laughs> yeah. So the heart, the, the most painful bit of the whole experience... Uh, just, so, David, you, you enjoy this part. Um, I, sort is, of do, uh, I sort of do in that. Oh, yeah. Is, um, is that... Uh, I knew at some stage they'd have to straighten the, my flag out to put it in a cast. So it was kind of straight off the pitch. Um, and then it was, I mean, I've, I've got my phone on me. I, can, I, could, I could show you the, the x-ray. Not interested. Okay. Oh. okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. That, you um, can show the x-ray. Oh, the x-ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, not the x-ray. 
Um, God, so, you're um, queasy then. Let's have a look. Where are we? I can't right. even. I can't Can I take a like, screen I, grab of this, Alex. Of course. So that was this was when it got straightened up. I don't know if you can see that or if it's gonna. That looks like it's not really focusing. Yeah. I'll try. Try the other one. Might be the same. Okay. No, I'm afraid not. Okay. If I had it on my computer, I'd share screen. Um, perhaps John, I can uh, forward it to you. And yeah, yeah, I'll forward it to David. Yeah. Um, so basically, the, they had to straighten it from that position to like dead straight to get it in the cast. How did they do and that? I said in the physio. There was a little laugh there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I said in the physio room. I do, the gas and air is doing a good job. I think you're allowed a certain amount of morphine. I don't want to have um, too much because I've I've watched enough like twenty four hours in A and E to know that I've got more painful stuff coming up yeah. in, the, in the next. Won't feel the benefit. Yeah. So yeah, I um, they said no, 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 don't worry, you can have this amount, this amount. So I was like, okay. So when they knew they were going to straighten the leg out, I was like, can I get my final shot of morphine? They said no, you've had too much, and I was like, you can't have any more, otherwise it's dangerous. And I was like, bastards, I knew it. I told them at the physio room, so I had to do it without pain. Well, the gas and not not the morphine. So I was really annoyed at that. So that kind of got me through a bit. Um, but no, they, um, I was on the gas and air and they basically just straighten your leg out and they How? manipulate it. What, by hand? Not by like by hand, yeah. So I've got, I've got one person like holding my thigh, one person holding my knee, and then one person at the end of the bed trying to straighten it up. And you can imagine the sensations of the, the, the bones are as they try and line, line up. Um, and no, no I can't actually. Uh, as in, <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah, it's um, so they, they they lined it up as best they could, and it was it was it was very straight. Um, and I thought, oh, finally we're done. What pain but did then, you feel during that time? Uh, that was that was the time when it was uncontrollable. Um, oh, so I basically said to, I said to them, like almost like a safety word. I was like, if I say stop, you have to stop, like for whatever reason. But if I don't say stop, and I'm just like rinsing in pain just carry on because i'm getting through it um so i was just like basically just gas and air going like oh jeez <laughs> i mean it was more aggressive than that i just don't want to give it the, the full big <laughs> over the over. um and um yeah so i'm there gas and air trying they the one thing it did annoy me is that when it's painful your breath's short and so you're like <laughs> like kind of like that and they're like slower deeper breaths i'm like all right <laughs> yeah it's easy easy for you to say yeah <laughs> um so um yeah the, the, the worst bit was once it was straight they then have to lift it up to cast it um and they did a fantastic job but when you're lifting up from the knee the person who's at the end of my foot doesn't know what pressure they're lifting at so say this bit of my foot, it, they were like lifting at different oh. um and that was really that was the worst. Um, but when it can was you, set, can you liken the pain to anything you've had before? That so we can get a gist of. Like, I really, I guess, yeah, I because it, it's just I can't. I guess it's like the. I think the only thing I can think of is like a the classic like hot poker kind of vibe, but like right into the right into the core of your bone like it's not like a superficial skin thing this is like it goes right through your very core of your body um the only thing i could think that's similar is if you have like a uh, it's not really appropriate but it's i don't know if you've ever had like dental work where you've needed some serious stuff and it's like that kind of like you it really sensitive stuff like and you're like ah oh, it was but 
I have to say far worse. <laughs> um, but when it was set in the cast, it was, I had a cast basically up to my, just beyond my three quarters of the way up my leg, maybe just a bit more. And it was just dead straight. And I couldn't move it. I couldn't get my shorts off. I am like a complete piece of piece of wood with flexibility. So I can't touch my toes. I've never been good with flexibility. Everyone said you need to get more flexible, but I've just, I've always no, I've never had muscle injuries. So I've all, or very, very rarely had muscle injuries. So I've just kind of gone with it. So I would, for the first time I was like, fuck's sake, the one time I wish I was flexible so I could take these shorts off and <laughs> put new ones on. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you've yeah, got a cast from your foot to your, I'd say, yeah, just short, just short of my hip. There's a couple of photos. I think I put a photo or two on Twitter returning some messages that were very, yeah, very because Because what's there now, David, is not a cast as such. It's a very much more scary object, which is, um, I'm sure yeah, we'll get I'll, on I'll, to. I'll get to that, David, so you'll, you'll see in a sec. Because um, there's a reason as to why I, we went for this procedure. Um, so basically, I woke up the next day. Well, didn't really sleep, but was next morning, um, the Oval at the Oval Hospital, the surgeon came in and said he's more of a, an upper limb specialist and that the lower leg specialist isn't here till midweek. Um, so you can stay here till Wednesday and then have the operation. Um, then we suddenly realised it might be best to see someone who's sooner, uh, basically, and that was up in Bristol. So um, I got transferred up to Bristol on the Tuesday. And Is that in an ambulance you get taken was, in? It, was, it took a while because there's a lot of like red tape you have to go through at the NHS to get transferred. If you're going private, no problem, do what you want. But doing it via the NHS, there's a lot of like protocol you have to follow. Um, so was uh, yeah, got got transferred up on the ch- on the Tuesday, I believe, or Monday, Monday, Mon- I transferred up on the Monday. So the injury was Saturday. Sunday at the hospital, most of Monday at the hospital, um, up to Bristol Monday afternoon, evening. With your wife? Is your wife with you? Uh, she came down uh, on the Sunday with my parents to see us and my family, um, but she was at work. Um, so she she had, she had came, she brought everything I could, I could you know, wish to have had. Um, she was there. every Basically every day they said the operation's going to be maybe today, so they, you're not allowed to eat before an operation. So I went like three days really not eating. Because I was like, well, I can't eat because the operation could be today. Then they go at six o'clock, right? It's definitely not today. You can eat till 2 a.m. So, I, But then every, there's no food, so I can't get up and go downstairs to get food. So I'm relying on visiting me to then bring me like little pasta pots and stuff like that. Um, I was worried that it was going to start healing and then they have to re-break it and stuff. But they're like, that's ludicrous. It takes like weeks before you have to worry about that. Um and um, yeah, I saw the surgeon up in Bristol on the Tuesday and he said, just looking at your um, x-ray, it doesn't look like your bones are going to be wide enough to accept the rod. So basically the the main, the, the most popular procedure for this kind of injury is they, they put a rod through your knee into your ankle all the way down and they kind of attach everything to the rod. Um, but my bones weren't wide enough to accept the rod, rod safely. So they said, what we can do is the exact same thing in principle, but we have a frame attached to the outside of your leg. Um, and what happens is the weight goes through these pins that are attached to my bone above the break, this go is, into the frame and then back into my ankle. So I can now walk around, I can drive, I can have my life back. And the operation was three weeks ago today, funny enough. Um, and I'm already doing a very, very light jog on a completely broken leg because of this frame. So I'm trying to limit the muscle loss that I've got on my right hand side, which is quite substantial now because I'm 
quite a lean guy. I struggled to keep my weight up at the best of times. I've lost about five or six kilograms since the uh, since the injury. Um, so I'll show you. I'll try and show you the uh, the contraption here. Um, this thing scares me. Hang on a minute. What am I about to see? Um, <laughs> so, Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, then you might want to get on my Patreon. You get early access to ad-free episodes, and there'll be videos and behind-the-scenes pics, and it's basically a place where we can all hang out together. It's a bloody friendly community, if you ask me. So, uh, yeah, if you fancy it, just go to patreon.com forward slash David L. And also, Patreon is an app that you can download onto your phone, all for the price of a coffee, like a posh coffee. Once a month, you pay a few quid, and then you get to be an MNFC supporter. Mind your football club supporter, that's what that stands for. That's your thing. So sign up at patreon.com forward slash David L, and the link is in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. Right, back. Back to the pod. Yeah, the, the red that you'll see are clips. It's not blood, by the way, just so don't worry. Um, okay. So I have, it's rods that go into the, into the bone. Sure. Then have a couple pads to soften, uh, or to keep them, to keep the, because uh, they're open wounds. You've got to keep them as away from dust and stuff as possible. Um, and then... Anyway, yeah, thanks just, for having, thanks for coming on, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is the, um, this is the thing. Uh, so... It looks like a bit of Lego. Yeah, it's um, it looks better from my angle than the angle I think I'm giving you guys. This looks no, like no. We could, yeah, strange, strange little dance. Um, so yeah, that's Hang the. On a Are you saying you can walk gently now? I can, so I, th- the surgeon said, and I didn't believe him, but obviously he's not lying. <laughs> he said technically you will walk off the operating table, mechanically speaking, the frame allows you to, in a few weeks you'll be well, a few weeks in a few months you'll be able to run on it you'll be able to walk on it within a few days the hospital kind of want to free up beds as soon as possible so the physio turned up at like 12 hours after the operation saying right up you get so i was like all right here we go i had loads of pain relief and they had nerve blockers so i couldn't feel my leg so i was already standing up um I think I've got a i'll show you a video if you like to give you context um how did, did that give you like just this big old wave of positivity the fact that absolutely. you were, yeah absolutely because i was like my goodness so yes I, oh, the, the downside is i have this on for six months um and then you have to let the pinholes calcify which is another two months worth of you know so you're looking at about eight to nine months before you can play or train competitively but in between that i can do very basic stuff in the gym i can do body weight squats already i can do lunges is and this is all nhs and i put a tweet out there i don't know if you would have come across i think john maybe you said you'd seen it yeah yeah. um which was just tipping the hat to everyone involved because it was at yeovil hospital i met people that are in far worse condition than i was saying oh sorry to see your injury i hope yeovil survived this year and i hope you do this and I, i was like man you're literally on death's door and you're worried about my injury and then i go go get transferred up to bristol and they put this thing on my leg that gives me my life back and they joke about how joke like like how simple this is to come back from you know maybe not to professional football that easily but you'll be like and the fact that i'm i mean i walked without crutches within three days of the operation um the hardest thing was just dealing with the swelling and that's sorry so within a week of that injury on that football pitch you were walking 
three three days later, I walked without crutches about five steps, um, shuffling. Mental, mental um, absolutely mental. So people think you're a lot further along than you are. They think, oh God, you're doing all right. You'll be back soon. I'm like, no, no, no I've got like completely two broken bones in my leg. Um, but they are, uh, but this, this frame allows me to walk and have my, I mean, it's the first 10 days to two weeks, I was heavily on painkillers, whereas now I don't take any more, uh, any more pain. How relief, sleep with it on? Awkward. That's the only thing that is quite awkward. Well, keep, um, does it keep you awake? Or it, it, Yeah, I I think the hardest thing I did, the hardest thing at the first was because I needed to keep super hydrated, I needed to go to the loo like three times a night. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just the act of getting off the bed to putting my foot down, it's like all the swelling and fluid just flood the area and it is agony. So I couldn't, I couldn't really, I kind of had to like shuffle on my ass back backwards <laughs> to get to the loo because yeah. I couldn't. And then when I'm at the loo, like you can't. Um, Surely into a saucepan and then Mama Fisher puts it into the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I no, was, but, I was it's, making, it's crazy. This isn't it. I'll be honest. I, I was going to town on the, uh, on the, um, yeah, I don't know what you call them. You kind of tilt on your side. And, oh, yeah, and yeah, the, the little shoes. Um, things, yeah. I was very fortunate that the, the codeine I was on kind of bungs you up the other end, so I didn't have to do any bed panning, which I was pleased with. Oh, um, this, is, this is the bit that I think is, like, the most important, is, like, the effect that this has on footballers' lives. Because you, as a fan, you go and you just, you see a bad injury, you go, oh, that was bad, and you forget about it. But you don't realise how much of a big impact it has on footballers. Like, not only is this... Especially at, at your level, and this is not to sound demeaning, but like you know, you don't know when your next contract is, you don't know where your next pay packet is, and to have a to have something like that happen, it's not only the injury that itself you've got to go for; it's that of a mental battle, and I th- I think it's so important. I think it should be spoken about more, really. Well, I've actually decided I'm deciding ish. I'm not making a big deal out of it, but I'm just doing the odd bit of document documenting as I go along because I want people to see. The first couple of weeks, I was inundated with messages. Like it was really humbling, um, both on my phone, online, on Instagram, Twitter—you name it. Um, people I haven't spoken to, people I wouldn't expect to hear from. Um, but then on week three, week four, nothing. You know, two months down the line, nothing. You know, when you're on week eighteen, nothing, there'll be nothing. I want people to see that not only at 32, 33 can you survive an injury like this and be mentally stable. I like to think long-term <laughs> we'll see how we check back in with me in a few months, but so far, do you know okay. what? I'd love to do a little check-in every couple of months. Yeah. So hey, yeah. well, I'll be bang up for it. Yeah. If I'm in, in the new place, I'll be able to put the camera back and show you what I'll be able oh, to do. And then the, your first oh, game back for you over, we can turn up and record it. Ah oh, well, that'll be that'll be a dream come true. Yeah, we'll do that. If it, if it, let's uh, do it. He's fucking broken his leg again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this is this is psychologically the thing I think I'm going to struggle with the most. Yeah. Is, I was going to ask. Um, that. Yeah, is that I can't wait to play a game of football again. And I sent a couple of messages on the on the WhatsApp groups of the club when we have these big games were coming up. Like guys, oh, I just wish you could play with the freedom I thought I was playing with, but I know now I wasn't because if I played football right now, there'll be no pressure on my shoulders. I'd be like, let's play like I was playing at school. And I thought I was always doing that, but I took this to realize I wasn't, you know, I was absorbed by stuff that was on the periphery at the club. I was absorbed by the pressure of our situation of where we were in the league. And as a kid, I might've tried to chip the ball up and try an overhead kick. Whereas here I'm like, well, I can't risk giving the ball away because they might score say you know so um that's really interesting i really want to play again 
for that reason because I think I'd play with a lot more freedom but I really am going to struggle with knowing that I'm putting myself at risk no matter what level I play of opening yourself up to another six months potential injury you know the next action I play doesn't know that six months ago a year ago I had a bad injury it's yeah. just the next action um, my, my dad broke his leg in a similar way to you um like Adrian right. never played never played at a good level but he always said like going back to playing football the psychological sort of like oh I don't want to go for that challenge because it's sort of similar to the situation that I had before or you just play it, it does have an effect on you like I don't think you can change that I agree. I agree. It's it's true. I mean, I mean, when you when you play yourself, do you do you ever feel like no, right. you, never, you never you never feel like oh this is something you, you just don't think will ever happen to you? I guess. I, I like when I heard about your injury, I, I was playing. So like you were playing, and then I think we were playing in the like that night, like a six aside thing, and I was thinking to myself, God, like that could be me. And it goes through your head. You like then you know you never go into a game thinking you're going to get injured and all that, but it can happen. And like you said, is when it's something as innocuous as your challenge sounded like you think you start thinking to yourself oh god i don't you know it's go, it goes through your head i uh, yeah I, I mean to go back to the moment there was a couple of things that i heard the roar of the crowd that made me think i could get there which spurred me on um and then i thought i could score and the feeling you get that second before you hit a shot is like oh my god i'm going to do it that was like i'm going to get there then i realized i wasn't and then it turned in and i didn't pull out of the tackle by the way it's not you know when people say or if you go, go in flat out, you get hurt worse. No, it wasn't It wasn't that. I didn't pull out in terms of like, you know, this kind of thing. If you see it from the, the pitch side footage, which I have, which again, you don't really, if you know what you're looking for, you see it. Um, but because it's, um, you look at it and you go, oh, there's nothing there. He's just literally fallen over the guy. Um, if anything, it looks a bit weak, <laughs> like from both of us. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a tree falling down, like there rather than like a classic cartwheel. Um, although on the second cartwheel, you do, yeah, see, see a bit of wobble. Yeah. <laughs> oh, How was the no, caper actually? How was he? So, I, I mean, he time, as in, I how he, how did he feel about you know injury? At the time, I didn't obviously know. Um, I saw afterwards that he was visibly upset or just like taken back by it from when from what I saw online. Um, and he did want to come and see me in this physio room. Credit to him and the manager did and their physio did um, at the time. And I've messaged them a day later uh, to say, look, no hard feelings. No, there was no malice. You know, thank you for reaching out and wanting to see if I was okay. You know, best of luck with the rest of the season, you know, those vibes. But at the time I thought it was semi-intentional. So I was really bitter about it. I thought I didn't, I, I thought he jumped into me when he didn't. So, um, I, yeah, as I say, like I was a bit like, well, I don't want to speak to him because I think it was intentional. So if he'd come in and I was on meds, I was like off my face. So I don't know what I'd have said. Um, but um, yeah, no, he made an effort and I really appreciated it. And when I saw the tackle back and I was like, oh geez, like that could have happened to anyone. So I got the manager's number, spoke to the South End manager, got the physio's number to thank him for helping what he did on the pitch, got the keeper's number to text him to say, look, I saw you're upset and you're or, you know, taken back by the, the events. Um, please don't be. Um, I know there was no malice and, you know, crack on with the season, best of luck, that kind of thing. And I'm um, sure we'll cross paths again. That's, that's such an interesting perspective because like, it must be so easy to just be like, that was intentional, this, that, the other, like you, all those things going through your head, especially when you're not, you, you say you're on meds and you're not thinking maybe as straight as you normally would. It's so easy to be like trying to maybe not, you know, blame everyone else or blame something else. It's like, 
you know, like you said, it could have happened to anyone. But it's so interesting because a lot of people wouldn't have admitted that they were bitter or whatever. They would have just, you know. No, I was, I was, I was pretty certain. That I thought that was that was bad. Like he knows what he's done. Um, but again, it took. I didn't want to see it. But then I was just couldn't sleep for so long. I was just like, oh, let's just look at it. Wow. So I ended up finding the footage. What was that um, like? Watching it. Yeah. Watching it back. Um, it was. Um, actually, I'm pleased I did it when I did it because I realised it doesn't look too bad at all. Um, and a couple of anything, a couple of their players, South End players thought I found the keeper, you know, so they're like, Hey, you know, free kick or whatever. Keeper gets up and goes to throw the ball out and I'm just left on the floor you, and you'd look like, Oh, come on, mate, get up. Um, cause it looked like one of those. It was like, there's nothing, nothing to see here really. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was just innocuous. So when I saw how innocuous it was, I was like, uh, you know, actually, I'm pleased because if they just say it looked intentional, like he's picked it up and then made a real effort to go into me, then I'd be so bitter about it. Because I'm like, how dare you deny me of, you know, potentially my career or six months yeah. of my career or however long. And potentially at one point, I thought maybe my, you know, long-term use of my, my foot. So um, I'm pleased it wasn't. And I'm pleased he was, you know, he's a good egg. And I have to say, this is, of all the things to have done, have happened if you're going to get an injury of this magnitude to have no knee or ankle ligament damage in the slightest means I can, it's why I can walk. I can bend my leg. I'm doing ankle exercises. There's only so much I can do with these kind of rods going into it, but you know, it just softens the muscle loss and the flexibility loss. Um, my wife's telling me now I can finally work on my hamstring flexibility, which is, I don't really, I don't really want to do because I, I think it's the most uncomfortable stretch you can do. Yeah, <laughs> um, never been a fan of that. So you're, you're kind of, what were you saying? You're sort of excited about getting back and playing with freedom, whilst at the same time, I'll be apprehensive. I think um, if you right now, I'd be apprehensive. But once I've trained and basically my plan was to get to the point where I'm ready to play a game of football again, completely ready, and then almost train for two more weeks and then go right that's completely completely ready like almost like a double stamp of approval of you know have you got a date in your mind when you go right i've been told that i i should or could be playing then or at least training they've said, given the how bone grows and it's so different from person to person the difference from like when you could be back to when they say the worst case scenario is is quite big so i'm basically budgeting for january um because it will be October or September when I have September, October, when I have the frame off, then probably two more months to get, I can run, but I can, my, because of the holes that are left from where the pins have been, I'll be able to run. I'll be able to do loads of stuff. But if I got hit again on it, it wouldn't have the same structural strength because of the, where the pins have been. So I've got to wait for them to completely heal. And will uh, and it again, be as strong as before they say? Well, this is, this is the fantastic news about, injuries like this is that it 100% will the the surgeon said if you take a if you were to have a scan the minute before you had it an x-ray and then a scan in nine months time you will actually have stronger bone where the break is because of the calcification process um so anatomically speaking if that's the right word um you'll be completely the same what you need to do is limit your muscle loss um because what you will then find is when you come back you'll be compensating with different muscles and ligaments and tendons will be overused. So my left leg is really quite strong at the minute because I've been balancing on it to go to the loo or like one legged and, you know, up and down stairs on one leg. So that's really, 
although I've lost a lot of size in it, it's much stronger than my right. Um, so when I come back, it's trying to like get those to be as close to possible, the same as possible. Because uh, often the injury that you have that puts you out for a long time isn't the one that gets you re-injured. It's something else because of compensation. About how many, I'm sure when you watch the guys at, at, uh, at St. James's Park, you know, they cover 10, 11, 12K. Well, that's a lot some of right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Naming no yeah. names. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of strides. It's a lot of strides. So if you're just a couple percent off from one side to the other and you're doing thousands of strides a game, thousands of strides a week in training, you know, it doesn't take much for you to develop a, an issue somewhere else. I mean, when when you guys play back or, or John, when you still play, like, do you do you do anything to like keep yourself like in good nick? Do you do any like prehab, or do you just kind of just go Chicken out? And, like, old school? I my pre so as far as like my pre match routine goes, this is crazy that you're asking me this because my pre match routine shouldn't really matter. But uh, I I like a big bowl, bowl of oats, good like porridge before nice, lovely playing. Uh, yeah. I that's sort of like my religious. Cool. I have to do that. I. I cannot play without doing that, so I always give Oats. myself time. Would you, would you go Weetabix? No, so porridge. Porridge, porridge. slow release. Porridge mm-hmm. and just a bit, a bit of honey. Lovely. Honey in there. Nuts? Uh, nuts? Sprinkle of nuts? Nah, well, try nuts. nuts. Okay, all right. Which which type? Any type? I'll just add some pecans. <laughs> okay, what about pistachios? Yeah. I like pistachios. Expensive. Are they nuts? Are they nuts? Yeah. No, they're Probably potatoes. Are Are you sure about about um, uh, no, 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 pistachios, you can get them from Sain- Sainsbury's. Yeah, you can. You can. <laughs> I think <laughs> the pistachio section of the pod. Um, but yeah, so and then in terms of like, no, not really. I just go, I don't even warm up really sometimes, yeah. which is bad. But yeah, like, I, I, I can get away with it, can't I? At 21. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? When I played, if you're interested, <laughs> when I played, but I used to get terrible migraines after playing football. And it was, oh, really? it was when I changed really? my diet and started having porridge, John. Before. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, shout yeah, out to anyone who's had yeah. migraines. Uh, <laughs> how are, how are how are Yeovil looking after you? How's the relationship there? Um, I guess I've kind of been, to be honest, been kind of left to my own devices. Um, so, I've been using the infrastructure at the hospital. To be fair, what they've provided is more than enough. Um, the agency that I'm signed with have. Uh, physiotherapist on the books so i have been speaking to her that's given me a plan um and i because i can't drive i can drive and if yes you put a gun to your head and say you've got to drive to i don't know newcastle and back i could physically do it they advise not to be more than half an hour for the first few weeks when you start driving so um it's hard to get there from where i'm based at the moment just outside oxford um because i can do everything at home or in the local in the local gym um, because it's not that much. It's not like they can massage my calf around this frame or do stuff that I can't do myself. So I go in once or twice a week. Um, so I'll be in tomorrow and Friday. Uh, but it's hard to then, I then lodge locally with some friends um, to save the journeying. So I kind of got a plan quite a few days ahead of time. Uh, I go to the hospital um, mostly every Wednesday uh, to do frame class at frame class which is uh which is actually really honestly is really good like i'm so fortunate that i play in a sporting world where i have team i have people i speak to every day if i needed to if i could if i wanted to park myself at the stadium for 24 hours 
seven days a week I could. Uh, there's people here that have, you know, conventional jobs. They don't have time to do rehab. So, or they're living alone and they're really struggling. And it's actually as much of a mental support as it is a physical support. And the hospital do, I honestly, I'm really like taken back with, they've thought of everything. They've thought of absolutely everything. And there's a service or someone to speak to. Like the last frame class last week, they they put on like a, a mental health thing. For, and then one of the ladies was really upset. She goes, it resonated so much with her that she was like, oh, this is exactly how I feel. And then she sort of poured her heart out. And I think she looked like she's felt so much better because of it. Um, whereas I kind of have the luck of being in the football environment. It allows me to see the progression a lot quicker. Um you know, I, I might be mentally in a different position. So I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate in that case. But I was like, wow, what a great, great setup. So, yeah, I, I use the hospital as much as I can because you, why not? Um, and um, but in terms of sort of from the Oval now, it's been kind of, they really helped get the right surgeon. The gaffer did really well there. Um, uh, Mark Cooper and the, um, one of the, one of the medical members of staff, uh, Tony. So huge credit to them for helping me get, to see the right guy. Um, but there's not a lot the club could really do once it's happened, it's like, right, well, I guess you keep ticking over and see you in a few months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess that sort of conversation would be nice just to, just for your own spirits, keep your spirits. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that for sure. Um, and, um, you know, there's been a lot of, they, there's a lot of outreach in the first week or so, but I think in football, a lot of the time, it's out of sight, out of mind and, um, that's one thing I would like to educate other people in that they see that, you know, just because I've been around for a few years, you think you might get that kind of support. It just shows, you know, you, you might not. So, you know, you've got to really stay true to yourself and trust the process. Do you know how common this kind of industry in injury is, be it a break or a ligament damage or whatever, how common it is like each weekend in the football league? How many players are going through it? That's a really good question. I wouldn't have a clue. Um, I would say more, maybe one a team a season. Really? One um, a team? I'd say, like, I'm just thinking about the last couple of years. Last year, when I was uh, at my previous club, one of the boys did his cruciate. Uh, when I was at Exeter, two years there, I don't think there was anyone that had a long-term injury, to be fair, which was nice to see. Lots. Um, I think Jack Sparks had a, um, a bad had a injury. Yeah, was, he had, a, he had a, like a cruciate scare, yeah. didn't he? And I think what actually, actually, I thought this was, I, I, if, oh, it's a couple of years ago now, so I might be wrong, but I think he might be one of the only players that did a cruciate injury and then played the next game because of COVID. Everything was postponed for like three months. So technically, oh, right. he featured in like the next, or I think it was something like that, or within a game or two. Um, so he did it. And then he was like, we don't need it. It's not quite bad enough for an operation. It should heal naturally which it did and then he came back and we were in the playoffs um so that season got cut short i don't know if you remember um and then we um we basically got fit for it was six week personal yeah. home, home get fit pre-season and then we played colchester beat yeah. them and got to the final and obviously regressively lost that um so i but, i just missed you then playing for i think so yeah, yeah i think so yeah. um i would have been the season before um so I was that season and then the season that was completely behind closed doors, which I was gutted about because one of the games, especially when I was playing at Yeovil the seasons before, um, so I'm here at Yeovil my second spell, playing Exeter is always a really, really big game because it's close and it's a, it's a rivalry. 
But playing in front of the big bank was always like, ah, oh, they've got, I, I think I'm right in saying it's the largest terrace stand in the Football League. Because I think, yeah, so it was like you're just like vacuuming the ball into that end because it's downhill as well. And I was like, God, that's intimidating. So to get to the club and be able to play in front of right. the big bank, but then have it taken away mm. because of COVID, I was like, ah, oh, what a shame. Um, so I only scored like, I think, one goal in front of actual live you know, league fixture um, because of, yeah, for, for, so it was a shame not to experience it, uh, to be fair. But you uh, scored one of the best goals I've ever seen for Exeter City, by the wow. way. Well, that's, yeah. I, do, I mean, you know which one I'm referring to, don't you? I, I do, I do. Um, unfortunate, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was unfortunate that no one was there, to, you know, to witness it live. Because, well, there was people, but, you know, fans. I would, like to, that I, was, I would have liked to have had the camera angle from behind. It's the one time I would say, to be fair, I was, that was bang up there with, I was, in terms of pride, I was like, that was that was nice. What was, was it, it like an 90? empty stadium, John? Yeah, it was at Southend away. Wasn't Can you it? believe Southend? Yeah, all the teams. Yeah. <laughs> they came back to haunt me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was about, we were two one down in the probably like ninety fifth, ninety sixth minute, something along those lines. And Alex gets the ball on the edge of the box. Or it was probably a bit further out, wasn't it? Than than the edge of the I box. Don't know, if I may say, yeah. No, no, <laughs> it was, um, I, I remember honestly. I remember it really clearly. Yeah, the, I heard the ref say something like, "Next time it's out, that's it." Southend. It was the tenth or eleventh game of the season. Won a game, so it was going to be embarrassing to not embarrassing because they're a good side, but it would have been poor form to have lost or been the first team for them to beat. Um, and yeah, I, I remember Josh Key was out on the right. And he's a really, really good player, Josh. And I thought, oh, if I give it him, he'll go down the line, chip it, and I might be able to head it in. And I just thought, oh, I could just cut in on my left and just swing a crowbar toe at it. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, fortunately, went, went went straight in top corner. So um, unbelievable. And then they took they took centre, and it was the end of the game. So um, no, it was a nice it was a nice moment. But um, one of the the centre half, Tom Parks, because there's no one at the stadium, you can hear what people are shouting, and he wanted me to cross the ball. So you see me hit it, then you hear him say, like, fuck off, fish. Uh, and then it goes into the corner, and it was just like, ah, uh, it was funny. It was a funny moment in the changing room afterwards. Quality. It's uh, like, it was sort of like that Vincent Company moment, you know, where like he yeah, scores that goal against Leicester, and everyone was saying, yeah, don't shoot, don't shoot. And he yeah. got it. Yeah. Which is a shame when you're a centre forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, who's, um, uh, this is one of my favourite questions, Alex, I have to ask you. Who's the best player you've played? on the same pitch with um do you mean in terms of like a my team or against i think just ever against uh, in your was, in your team I was, or... I was fortunate enough when i was younger to have a year in italy um oh, wow. and i don't know this counts, um because it was a friendly but we played juventus and what? Um, hang on a minute what yes this definitely counts Okay. Uh, yeah. How old so, were you? Twenty three, twenty four, twenty three or twenty four. Where? Um, not at their at their place. It was at their training ground. So I don't know if it yeah. counts. Um, it counts. It definitely yeah, it counts. counts. Um, but yeah, they had a flat out first team because it was it was the winter break. So it was our tune up game after winter. It was their tune up game after winter. Um, and I'd say, I mean, Perlo would stand out um, for sure. Hang what? on a minute. The guy was a joke like i honestly don't think he would have broken usually i'd cover between four between four five and six k a half i'd say he probably did about 20 meters <laughs> um hang on a minute that's mental that's absolutely mental so you played you've had Pilo. their first team so yeah they, they have del they, piero was he there 
no, so this was, it was, um, who was up top? Oh, uh, Mir- Mirko Vucinic was up top with uh, Tevez. Um, and Vucinic, <laughs> by the way, for <laughs> someone who's not necessarily who a household name. Who are you playing for? Uh, AC Monza. Um, if you like your F1, it's where... Yeah, uh, the F1 is, Grand yeah. Prix. Uh, so we just train next to the track, actually. Um, so you'd often hear him zooming around, which is an, an incredible experience to be out there for for a year. Can you just uh, talk us through? Well, tell us who else was playing, but just tell us for about forty minutes what Perlo was like. <laughs> uh, I mean, he smelt tremendous. Not going to get that. Did he? <laughs> what made him so? Please try. I was what right? This is. I was watching Barry Bannon on Saturday. Oh, what a fantastic yeah. player he is. So I was watching him. Close to Pirlo. Well, but I was watching him and he's just, he's just moving around, just kind of slowly, just finding little pockets of space and, and Sheffield Wednesday are attacking and he's just sort of walking, jogging. I thought, I was watching going, I'd be going, oh, I must join the attack. And he's just, he's, he just looks like such an intelligent player. The thing, for, the thing with Barry Bannon that I find surprising, and I want to interlude this fantastic story, but is for a, for a small man who's like very intricate he gets stuck in doesn't he he doesn't mind like leaving he was sliding about getting stuck stuck right in which it doesn't sound like Pirlo to me well I think I think when he was at Exeter we played Sheffield Wednesday in the third round of the FA Cup and I think he was the difference for sure um again behind closed doors but um yeah he was that's where I suddenly went Christ who's this guy then I don't, and then I realized who it was because I saw the name again I was like okay yeah it makes sense and I was then, kind of watching him going you look like you know the game a little bit more than everyone else. I don't know what that he's means. Always, he's, just, but... he's just always like, <laughs> yeah. he seems it's always like three steps ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So he what was like Pirlo like? like? What was... Um, it, was, it was just like, it was like he was playing from the FIFA camera angle, I'd say. Probably the best way to say it. Whereas I kind of have my field of view being quite, limited i guess compared where i might not see the crossfield pass i might not notice the third man run it was like he knew where everyone was running at the same time and then just he would nonchalantly choose whichever pass he wanted to even though he'd have someone breathing like i remember trying to close him down the reason i say this because i tried to close him down and i he didn't even look over his shoulder to know i was there i went oh my god i'm going to nick it off him here and as i went to go nick it off him, it was just just rolled the other way and then hits a ball the outside of his foot um to you know to start an attack and it wasn't a worldy pass it wasn't a worldy turn it was the awareness it was just so composed it was like and they were all like that this is just choosing one guy they're all the same but it was just the fact it was him because he had the beard and the hair and i was like oh this guy without without trying to sound patronizing what was the score that day uh four one Oh, wow. Well, um, there you go. Yeah, it's yeah, a good win, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, Bob uh, Marley and the Whalers played Brazil, and I think they lost 6 0. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's not a bad return. That's not a bad <laughs> return. Right. I, I would take those numbers if I was yeah. there. <laughs> right. So, so it's his awareness. What about it was his awareness, and it was just his, it was just. It was just so, it was just cool. Just so cool. I guess the same vibe as what you're saying about um, Barry Bannon. It's just like, you could tell, even at that level, when you've got internationals all over, I think there's four World Cup winners on that. Buffon was in goal. Um, you know, like Giovinco. Um, was there Hogman, anyone you looked uh, at and you thought, you're actually dog Opa. shit? Um, <laughs> I, I think it was the moment I realised I might struggle to reach the top 
Um, no, not you. Was there anyone in Juventus where you thought, actually, you're not that good? So I don't know why no, you be- think. Because I couldn't say that about oh, anyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. It's not like I can see, like, sometimes you'd be like, oh, I've played against him, I'll stand on him today and I'll get it. I, I should yeah. be all right. I was like, right, I either stand on Chiellini or Casser as he's just come from Barcelona. I was like... That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you look back now and go, like, pinch yourself and go, I, I did that. I, at the time, I didn't think it was as... I thought it was cool. I thought, my God, like, as if I'm... If you took a screenshot of this and sent it to my 15-year-old self, I wouldn't believe you. Um, but to... Um, when I was there, it was, I don't know, you just played it like kind of any other game. You had to kind of, like, otherwise you would have got battered. Um, and we didn't get the ball much, so it was more of a, it was, <laughs> had, to get my, had to get my step count up, trying to chase it everywhere. Uh, but they just played. It was like, if the fullback had the ball, the far side centre forward would be like, right, we're going to start. So it's like they knew they were setting up a pattern of play. So he'd start making a run three passes ahead of time is how it felt. It was just, and they're toying with us at times. The goal line could have been a bit more, although we could have scored more, to be fair. Um, We scored from a corner. Um, But there was times when they got a bit nonchalant and we pinched it and, you know, that kind of thing. And it was just, the keeper wasn't bad, I suppose. Um, But um, yeah, so I'd say in terms of best players, he'd be anyone on that pitch. But I think just because I just think he's just one of the coolest guys to have played the game. And and did he really not? sort of move around that much. He just, just sent really. to midfield. And... Probably chuck a, chuck a net over him from how far he moved. Um, it was just like, they call it like the box or whatever, the midfield cage or, you know, sort of in front of the back four, but doesn't really penetrate. He didn't need to. I, again, it was because it was a behind closed doors game. It was, you know, he only played, I think he played 45 minutes. So it's not like he need, I don't know if he needed the fitness or not, but it's not like it was like a proper fixture, but, any excuse, if I'm a, if I may say, to be able to drop his name in a conversation. Yeah. Um, well, I, will, I was I just thinking, Alex. I mean, the situation you're in. But if you look at your career, you've scored the best goal John's ever seen. You've played against Pirlo, and you've had a fantastic injury to chat about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty um, good. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. I think the uh, having having. Um, John's having being John's favourite goal is, I think, is probably the the pick of the bunch. If I'm honest, yeah, though. but yeah, best that's, goal I've ever seen. That's 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 a level of respect that I can really. Give. <laughs> that's good, but uh, in all seriousness, though, like you you are you have like lived pretty much every little boy's dream, which is so cool. So oh, cool. thank you. No, honestly, I, there's not, not a moment I take it for granted. Um, and um, you know, it's. I think the older you get, when you're younger, you get quite absorbed with, I have to keep trying to make it. You're striving for the next level. You get absorbed by, if you're not in a squad, you take it personally. Whereas now I look back and go, if I'm not involved in a team or I'm on the bench or whatever, I go, well, might not be right for this fixture, but who's to say I'm not right for the next one? You know, it's not personal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe sometimes it is because football can be like that at times if you're in a bad situation. But I think if you're a good egg and you try hard, no matter what manager you work for, they can resonate with that. Um, I think, situations only tend to go a bit sour for players if they maybe have a bit of an ego or they say things that they're probably not just or whatever. I think if you people that keep their head down and work hard, and it's just what I try and do the most, I then go, well, you know what? There's not one regret I can have. Um, and that's quite nice to look back on. Do, I'm not asking for a lot of names, obviously, but do you see, like, do you go to teams and sometimes think, like, there is players that take being a footballer for granted? Um thing is i think people do you know what 
I would have said yes until quite recently. And then when you actually speak to people that you think might have a bit of a front one-on-one and away from a group, you suddenly go, oh, you care. You care more than you let on. Um, and you're more insecure about football and your ability than you let on as well. Um, I, when I was um, uh, when I was younger, I was at that, uh, Glenn Hoddle Academy. Uh, so to work with Glenn Hoddle was was fantastic. And was, he that said, in, was that in Spain? Spain, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. kind of what led to playing abroad for a few years. Mm. It never really planned you know, to do it. Um, it was just that it kind of just evolved season by season. Um, and he said, like, there's one thing he said on 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 top of a load of really cool things about football and insights. Uh, but he said, you've almost got to be an actor. Um, you've got to go on that pitch. You might be the most insecure guy in the world. You might be the biggest ego in the world. But when you're on the field for 90 minutes, you go over that line, you've got to act like you're doing what you need to do to get the best result. Um, and um, yeah, so he'd often, so I think there's a, people might have a front and then, when you speak to them one-on-one, you realise actually they're probably just playing the game a little bit. Because th- there's a quote from this this podcast which always, always stood out to me and it was a quote that Pierce Sweeney said. And he his exact words on this pod were, being a League Two footballer is not all it's cracked up to be. And I, I remember thinking like, wow, like what, a, like what a perspective because a lot of people would like kill, kill to play at that level. Like I would, I would, like to, to play for Exeter City, to, obviously playing for Exeter City doesn't mean anything as in like as much as it would for me to Pierre Sweeney but like to play at that level would mean everything and he was sort of like you know yeah I play at this level I, I mean he's had a great career uh, but if you I'm sure you've um, accustomed to his personality I think that's probably a very Pierre Sweeney thing to, thing to yeah, say yeah 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 <laughs> I know Pierre Sweeney um, but um, I, I can see why you'd say it um, there's a lot more lows than highs um, I think I'm probably saying it from a position at the moment of I'm just grateful to be able to be in the mix for a bit longer um, but I think at uh, lower leagues or league two level national league level to a certain extent league one you could replace your wage quite easily with a normal job doing anything else so it probably is akin to a job whereas maybe a bit higher it's more of a career because Mm -hmm. you can't replace that income or those experiences of large crowds and and big games um so i I can see his point you know it's um it can be a it, it can be a struggle especially like the older you get if you've got nothing behind you or set anything up it's it you suddenly realize there's there is a lot of pressure behind your game because you suddenly realise, well, what next if I get injured? Or so, so will players like Pierce or uh, for just for example, but like, will they have to work after football? I mean, I, yeah, for sure, I reckon so. Unless you're unbelievably savvy with some form of like miracle investment, um, yeah, for sure. Like you, uh, I think unless you're you have a championship career um, or you've uh, managed to get yourself an unbelievable name in the lower league football so being like a promotion merchant and you get promoted from league two then you sign for the next league two side get them promoted a couple of years later then sign for another league two side um i'd be very surprised if you would have more than a a few months to years worth of um funds behind you to, to do to do anything it's crazy because uh, a lot of people, a lot of people see respect. footballers like, oh, they they play for ten years, fifteen years, and then they're done. Don't have to do anything again. No, far from it. Far from it, in my opinion. I mean, um, I used to think that about comedy and TV, and it's like, yeah, what's it like in in your, in your circles? Is it the same oh, kind of it's like? It's just you know, it's just being self-employed, and one minute you're you're earning, you're doing well, and 
for instance, you might do a TV show. You go, fucking hell, I've earned all that for six six weeks. And then you go, oh, well, I'm not, I haven't got anything on for the next eight months or so. It's just. It's it's slightly different, though, in the sense that, like, a, foot, like a footballer, once his career is done, it's like physically, like your body's given up, you cannot do it anymore. Whereas I guess with, like, a performance, you can sort of adapt it and change. Yeah, you can. Like, but uh, and... Yeah. Yeah. But you actually, when you're creating stuff, you have to keep creating things you have to keep coming up with keep changing that must be tough. yeah it's tough it's really tough um but yeah i used to look at you know anyone on tv and just go look at them they're all right aren't they god blimey and you're like no tv doesn't pay like that anymore and yeah so it's and you think how good you've got to be to play league two league one to be a professional footballer you've got to be so good Top 0.01% in the world to play. I think in. I saw a fact on this quite recently. It was, um, I think, what was the book? Is it, I think it's called No Hunger in Paradise. I think. Um, but don't quote me on that. If you Google it, it'll come up with something similar if it's not that. Uh, and it said, I think 1% of academy players will play a football league game. And then 1% of those will be still in the game past 25, 24, 25. Um, so the turnover of player is very, very high, and just getting there is 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 slim. But it, there's no, I say this to quite a lot of young players that I sort of do a bit of coaching with, and I say um, when I say sort of like anyone from sort of eight to fourteen, you don't have to be in an academy setup to make it. You know, like you could get you could play non-league for you know in the sixth or seventh eighth tier of English football to your twenty three, twenty four, and then suddenly have a good season and go. Really? Oh, actually, I'm going to give this. A, yeah, I, there's no. I think the barrier to entry to football league, if you, but you need the luxury of, I guess, a bit of finance behind you or a bit of time and certainly a lot of luck. Um, but it's certainly doable. I mean, Jamie Vardy's a good example, isn't he? I mean, he was sort of, <coughs> pardon me, in in, a, in an academy. What was it, Sheffield? One of the Sheffield academies, and then sort yeah, of Wednesday, was, was was playing. You know non-league football and all of a sudden started scoring loads and loads of goals and just worked was, his yeah. way up. I mean, it was a ridiculous return, to be fair. Oh, it was so, I can't remember what it was, but it was like breaking records kind of return. Promotion, win the league. And what's that? Like league one, one, league one, league two? This is the conference. So he oh. won the National League with Fleetwood and then got bought by Leicester for a million. I think it was the first or an only, maybe the only million pound non-league player then went up with from the champ to the Prem and then done what he's done. The guy's a joke. And to be fair, even at his age now, he's still rapid. Like, I think he's a perfect example of why age is just a number to a certain extent. Yes, 45 plus professionally, you're going to struggle. But like, you know, um, he's still playing Premier League football in his late 30s. His body probably peaked in his 30s, whereas someone like, I remember watching Harry's Heroes in lockdown, and it was Michael Owen and Paul Merson were talking about when they physically felt they peaked, and Owen said between 18 and 22, and Merson said 28 to 33. You know, he said, you were doing stuff at 18 I couldn't do, and then Owen was saying, well, you were doing, Owen, like I know him, um, uh, you were doing stuff in your 30s that I couldn't do, you know, in my 30s. You just peak at different times, and that's where I, yeah, it's, um, so if anyone's trying to make it in the game, I'd say, well, one, you never know physically when you're going to peak. You'll only know that when you look back. Um, and two, I don't think, yes, the stats are very hard to get there, but if you work at it enough, of course, you're going to need a, a pretty decent level of football to get in the door in the first place. And you're going to be competing with players that are coming through the youth system. I wouldn't say it's impossible. I'd say it's, there's always, a, there's always a chance. Maybe I'm a bit, 
glass two glass half full, but I'd much rather be John. John. Well, no. John. <laughs> Come yeah. on, John. Do you know what? As and this is genuinely me speaking this from the bottom of my heart. I used to envy. I used to want to be a professional footballer all the time. And then as soon as I got involved in football, like when I was a trustee or whatever, things like that. And you see, I, 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 I this the furthest thing from what I would want to do now. I would not. I would, if someone said to me right now, unless it was to play for Exeter City maybe once, I wouldn't want to be a professional footballer. It's what not makes worth you it. That? I don't know. It's just like it's this. I don't know. I guess the high, like like you said, the highs seem so high and the best, but like the injuries and the stick and the you have to eat right and the the the, the luxuries that you get taken away from you that as a result of this one luxury, I think aren't worth it. Like I want, I like going to have a drink. I like eating what I want to eat. I like all these doing all these different things. I'm not disciplined enough. I don't eat correctly. So like it, from that from that you point like of girls. view, it's sort. You what? I said you like girls. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess that's a fair, <laughs> right. it's a fair statement. But like, I just don't think I, w- like, I would never be cut out for it. Yeah. It is a sacrifice. I mean, I, I look back at a lot of my, uh, when I was growing up in my, my youth and think, well, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I've missed a lot of weddings. I've still never been on a stag do because I've always had um, football. And then in the off season, when there are the players that do their own that I'm, you know, close with, I'm probably away with the wife or, you know, bit of golf or something. So it's like, you know, it's, it's certain things that you do go without, but you, I think that just makes the, so for example, this injury, when hopefully the time comes, I come back, it just makes the comeback that little bit more sweet. Mm. Uh, yeah. mm. I, I 100%, uh, I, I was, the kid in me still goes, oh, I want to be a professional footballer oh. so bad. And when I play, and when I play now, like, I don't play at a great level, but like when I play, I'm like, oh God, this like, imagine doing this in front of, 10,000, 60,000, whatever, like 1,000, 10 people, whatever, that feeling would be amazing. But then I think to myself, if I was at a club, I w- it wouldn't be fair on them because I'm not, I don't, I'm not applying myself. I know, I know I'd be out drinking or I know I'd eat incorrectly. And like, that's not, I don't think that's fair to, you know, collect the wage, but not act in a professional manner. Do you, uh, Alex, when, when I watch Exeter on a Saturday and they walk out in front of 8,000, do you, do you think each one of those, Every one of those players, when they walk out, go, bloody hell, I'm doing this again. Or do you do you just get so used to it? You're like, yeah. Oh, in terms of what you're... In terms you're of like, all those people come to pay money to watch me play football. I couldn't football. do it. I couldn't do like, it. Is, is it a kind of, wow, an excitement and a buzz? No, nah, for me, it's always... Actually, to be honest, my I, I edge on more on the side of nerve. I'm always a bit nervous before a game, I'll be honest. Like, I have a, an element of anxiety where I'm a bit like... God, I hope I perform. I hope I get a good chance. I hope I don't, you know, it's, um, and then once the game starts, I can really enjoy it more because it's just, you, you just get in the rhythm. So actually walking out, I'd still be in that moment of like nerve, but I, I saw, I watched the last dance when it came out on Netflix. Um, shameless plug there. Uh, and, um, I think it was a quote from Michael Jordan that said, and there's no way here there's any comparison, but I thought it was a good ethos to think of. He said, people will be coming to watch me for the first time tonight. I thought, and I thought, what a great thing to say. Uh, so, yes, it's League Two. You know, yes, I am not might not set the world on fire, but someone might be watching me for the first time today, and I don't want them to go away and think, oh, he wasn't the best. Um, yeah, you, you know, want them so, to go away and start a podcast. 
Uh, well, <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. I mean, probably my departure inspired it. Maybe. Right. Um, <laughs> but when I watched Exeter walk out at Hillsborough on Saturday, and there's, well, I don't know, twenty, twenty-five thousand people there. What the hell are you thinking walking out into that? I can't imagine. I it. think at that level, it's for me, it's excitement. It's just like my goodness. I try and, I try and just take it. I actually try and take it in. I look at the stand. I look at that and think, wow, this is. I'd be like, this wouldn't this be a cool place to score a goal? That would be that would be that would be a story when I'm older to tell the kids. I think I look at players and I think they're not human in the Premier League. But I I, I always wondered at the top level if they think the same way that I think. We're in the same industry, but we're at different levels. So, does a goal would would Harry Kane go, you know, and when he's sixty and go, oh, I was so lucky, or I was so pleased to have scored that goal at that game that you know, you know, Old Trafford or whatever. Or is he going, ah, oh, just another one? Yeah. I remember every goal I've scored. Like it's, I, 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 I relive them. I try and think about them. Weirdly, I, you look at Harry Kane like that, and I'm, I just sort of class you and Harry Kane as just doing the same thing. I mean, he might be playing a little, but to me, you're just professional footballers. Yeah, yeah well, that's. Um, I, I quite happily agree with that. I think it's all, all the same bracket, all yeah. the same. Level. You're, yeah. but you're both very, very yeah. skilled. Um, yeah. Well, that's, that's a nice thing to hear. Yeah, I, uh, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, on, yeah, on, like, yeah, I still, like David says, I can't really process the fact that you're a professional footballer. That that's something that a normal human being outside of the game, no matter how involved you're in a football club, you cannot put yourself in the shoes of someone that's doing what you do. Well, you know what? It's nice. I think you guys understand football. Um, I've had it in the past where I don't like talking about it. I don't like volunteering the conversation in the in, in years gone by, um, but it'll often go, oh, well, you play for, who do you play for? And then you'll say the team, a lower league side, like, a, you know, a, a Yeovil or an Exeter or a, a Newport and people that aren't in the know, they'll go, oh, is that full time? And you're like, oh, you don't get it. You don't understand the sacrifice. Like, store the day to day and the quality of player that's around. Like, you'd be like, Jesus, as if like, that's what goes on at this level. I've, I had a similar thing, not in terms of I'm not telling people what level I'm playing at, but when I say I support Exeter City, you know, all my mates support, you know, Leeds, uh, you know, Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, you, you, whatever, wherever, wherever, whoever they support. And then I say, oh, I support Exeter City. And they go, oh, what league are they in? Are they like, full, yeah, like you say, are they professional? This, that, the other? It annoys me a bit because I think, oh, yeah. you have no idea the sacrifice. Um, yeah. That's well, why I don't like to volunteer it. Well, me having supported Man United, I was in that boat and it's been the last two years where I've gone, oh, right. I've educated myself. Yeah. I mean, I literally didn't look past the top six in the Premier League. And, and not only how important the football pyramid is yeah. for the for football in this country. Like, it's, it's, it's re- I think our football pyramid is something to be so, so proud of because in, in other countries, it's just not anywhere near the same. If I may add to that as well, I, uh, when I played abroad, uh, some of the lads there would be like, what are you doing here? Why don't you play in England? I'm like, well, it's not actually that easy to just turn up and play for a league side I'm trying to get experience to allow me to go back at some point um, but everyone's attitude I'll tell you what was fascinating it's certainly in the um, the Italy season my, when I was at Monza um, you get given a a sheet every year when you're in the EFL uh, or any professional side uh, that says who do you vote for the Ballon d'Or your top three who do you put as your best eleven? Um, and I was in those changing rooms and it was just a given. It was like, uh, when I'd be like, uh, Iniesta, Xavi, 
uh, Messi or whatever across the middle. Uh, they'll be like, ah, oh, Gerard and Lampard and Terry. You know, like it was amazing how we. T- I suddenly thought, do I take these guys for granted because oh, I relate to them? Yeah. Whereas they're going straight away. They're not going Messi. They're not. Uh, they're going Messi. They're not going like Javi. They're going oh, Gerard and Lampard. Amazing. And I thought, wow, so interesting to hear how you guys yeah. interpret football. And they're like, they will say, for example, um, at the time, uh, I think. Bradford, I know they're back in League Two now, but were in League Two at the time, I think. And it was like, this is a 35, 40,000 seater stadium. They get, if they're doing well, won't get far off 30,000 people and it's the fourth tier. They're like, what are you doing playing in, you know, over here when you could be accessing that? And I'm like, well, when you say it like that, I agree. (laughs) But it's like, yeah, it was, um, so having that like, I think that was one thing that I'd encourage any young player to do. If they get an opportunity to play abroad, I think it really... It just a season, maybe if it's just six month loan spell, could be somewhere in Scandinavia, could be, I mean, to Belgium, but I was in Belgium for a year or two, you know, like it was, um, it really opens your mind up and you realize a bit of perspective. And you look back and go, actually, yeah, I can, I, I can I would never take football for granted in England. Um, and yes, it is an unbelievable place to play football. Extra, like, there must be what, six, seven, eight thousand a game. I imagine. Yeah, I've been selling selling out this season yeah. like consistently so, for seven. We um you're playing in front of that capacity crowds at a stadium every week. Like that's I remember playing MK Dons and great stadium, great team, a lot of respect for MK Dons. And there was about eight thousand people there, but it's got two tiers. Yeah. Not much. And it was quiet when they scored. It was like, yeah. Extra or a ground like if Hewish Park was packed. And you score and it's got holds eight or nine thousand and there's seven or eight thousand people there there's a real atmosphere like you really feel it so i don't necessarily think the size of the crowd matters as much as maybe the empty seats mm-hmm. um but yeah seeing like a, a european's perspective on english football was was, was a really mm. kind of like fascinating experience very interesting can i can i ask one last question alex of course it'd be great to have you back on yeah, I'd love to see how you're getting on. Yeah, for sure. Um, we had comedian Matt Brown on, and he played for Brentford. And then I think he was let go sort of when he was 20, 21. I, think, I hope I'm not misquoting him, but I'm pretty sure he said you could take someone out of League One or League Two and put them in a prem, Premier League team, and you'd struggle to pick out the League One or League Two player in a game. But I think he said over the course of the season, you might notice because they might make more mistakes. Do you agree? I think I got that right. Do you agree with that? And how do you think you would cope? Am I right, John? Yeah, what you were saying was sort of like that the difference between the levels is not like on their on their day, like Josh Key on his day, or maybe a bad example because he's probably going to play at top level, but... A League Two player on his day playing the best he can would probably l- not look out of place in a Premier League. But over the course of the season, was, there might be more mistakes. Might, yeah. Do you think, how do you think you'd cope if we plop, plopped you in a game playing for the um, I think what he said, I really resonate. See, I think that's a really actually interesting way of saying it because I think you can do just as many kick ups as these guys, you can do just as many controls of the ball in the same way. But would you be able to play at their speed, their tempo, and have their quick thinking? Um, so I'd say, yeah, I'd agree with what he says. Um, I would also say that 
a sentiment that is often expressed when we talk about stuff like this, or wouldn't it be good if, you know, is that the biggest difference that seems to be decision-making um, seems to be the most common theme. When this kind of comment or question comes up, decision-making seems to be the one that comes up the most, not all the time, but making the right decision and then executing it. Uh, it's like decision-making and execution of skill. Um, but I think that's true. Yeah. I think if you put the majority of lower league footballers in a top level team, gave them two weeks to acclimatize to their way of playing and their speed and get used to it. I think it would be hard to pick them out. Um, how they would then cope when you, it's not like they've just got 50,000 people watching, you know, there's match of the day, you know, it's national national papers. It's not just, you know, regional stuff. Social yeah, media. Oh, jeez, yeah. Louise. That's yeah. successful. Yeah. What an um, awful I mean, play social media is for yeah. football, I, um, by the way. When I was Terrible. at Exeter, I don't know if you remember, John, but uh, David, I had uh, hair down to about here. Yeah, very uh, long hair. You, you would have been... Um, you would have had a song written. So I had I had my fair share of um, stick, both on and offline. Did you? Uh, yes. Usually, not, not so much from our fans or anything, but it was certainly away fans and stuff. Um, and... And rightly so, by the way, because I, my, <laughs> my dad always says this, right? It, he always, you always stand out in his mind because he used to, he used to always say hello to people at, like on the bus, out getting off the bus away, and all these different. You're like the nicest soul as a footballer ever, which is un. It's not a lot of footballers don't have the time of day, you know, for for other people. But with you, it was never like a question, it was never a doubt, and I think you left that mark on City fans. Certainly, uh -huh. the ones that I speak to is that like the kindest soul ever. And there was, but just before you signed for us, there was a clip of you playing the piano in a, in a hospital. Yeah. Is that right? And that, I remember, yeah, I remember people right. thinking like, wow, like what an incredible thing to do. Like, and it's I've, from the fans that I speak to, and you know, I like to think they're all level headed, good people. They've n never got a bad word to say. Oh, that's honestly, that's, I'm really pleased you shared that. Yeah, but Thank what did you. I say about his hair, though? You know what he said. <laughs> I loved his hair. Yeah, I, yeah, I, remember, I remember when you, you know, played... Well, I was listening to one of your previous pods when you were talking about uh, Alex Hartridge when his hair fell out. Wonderful. And I was listening to it thinking, my God, I can relate to that. I remember playing Cheltenham. And I was like, I went for a header and it hit the bun and it fell out. And oh, I was like, I kept, yeah, I kept... Because um, you can't keep him on the wrist because uh, yeah. the ref says no so I kept them down my sloggies so I was like but we took a quick corner I was like right it was Randall Williams I'm like Randall what are you doing I like, so I was yeah. like I was like flopping all over the place I was like, I was like, I was like right in the big yeah. like, and I'm yeah. like that's my fun saying it oh, honestly when it happens um, it's like forget yeah. the game everyone's just looking at that yeah, I remember. I remember you playing against us, Oval, Alex, and I always remember thinking, "Oh, we got to play against him today. He's just going to absolutely batter us left and right. The ball's going to come up." I always remember thinking, "Right, what a handful?" Oh, that's no well, fair play. I mean, I do remember notching a goal or two against Exeter. Yeah, um, I remember you notching a few against Exeter um, as well. But um, no, it was. Uh, yeah, that's a really nice thing for you to share, um, and um, no, I appreciate it. And if the if the hair made made it a little bit more memorable than even better. Oh, but you got to have good hair if you um, do something with your hair. Once. I have to do it once. And it was before lockdown, actually, but I had like, it wasn't a lockdown thing. This was, you know, um, this was pre lockdown. The only thing I didn't do is like, I didn't know what the uh, etiquette was when it grows out. So I never had like a band. So it was long enough to like tie up in the middle, but it would like, a bit like Einstein on the side. I look like a shambles of pretty, pretty high maintenance in it. Long hair. Um, 
I mean, I just chucked it in a bun. I mean, can, well, I mean, in terms of like you know washing it and the upkeep, you got to like condition. Well, you should. I tell you what, it, actually made like... me get well. One, I, I mean, I donated it. Um, was always going to be the the end um, goal, and um, it was actually when I was whenever I showered or had a bath or anything, it was like you lose hair all the time, but when you have hair that's like this long, you suddenly see it. And I thought, oh my god, I'm. I'm pulling it back so much. I must be like losing it. So I was like, ah, oh, well, I've done it now for a couple of years. I'll, um, I'll get rid. And then, yeah, I was getting married and I thought, I think I'd rather have shorter hair for the photos. I went to grow it out again this year. I got about a th- two thirds of the way to getting it tied back. And I thought, nah, no, nah, not, no, I don't think I've got it in me. Who's the Belgian uh, guy that played for Roma? Who's that midfield? Was he attacking midfielder? Mohican. Oh, Nangolan. Oh, that's what I want. If I see that walk out, I'm all over that. I was just about to say, yeah, because again, listening to you guys the other day after after the Plymouth game, you were saying about um, like uh, dark dark hearts and things like that. It was, um, yeah, someone that looks like they know their way around a football pitch, often with a skinhead or something. Yeah. Yeah, you want to know. I was always wary of that. I was actually wary that I'd be like, would managers like it? Would they think. So I always felt like I've got to go. I've got to go a little bit more beyond and try and be a bit maybe more over aggressive or try to be just to kind of make up for the fact I both might not have the most aggressive appearance. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But people like Matt Taylor and the staff there. They as long as he performed, no one cared. That's when I realised as long as the content's there, um, which is inconsistent, I guess <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but no, as long as the content's there, like you know, uh, no one can really argue. Um, but yeah thank you so much Alex for coming on I could on. literally talk to you all day yeah, honestly what a what a bloody story your last two months have been and uh... oh well thank you guys no honestly when I, I've, I've been really looking forward to this actually so um, but, but it's lovely been... to track how you're getting on and yeah. then yeah I'd love that no that's and great then, like we said your first game let's make it a let's Still. record it if you're up for it I, I mean I, you don't I, have I to talk it. to us as you're running on the pace but... <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm coming on now, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just shy away from any form of physical, uh, yeah, physical battle. Yeah, uh, no, it's amazing. Thanks so much for coming yeah, on. Thank you, Genuinely. and we'll be, yeah, we'll be in touch. Guys. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you, and um, always listening in. So keep up the good work, your side. Brilliant. Oh, thank thank you. you. Good Perfect. luck with your recovery. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Alex. See Cheers. you later. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.